How's everybody doing? Hope you are having a good day if you're listening to this. Uh, this episode is with the Gentech marketing team, and they interviewed me about social media trends and kind of a lot of things that uh, are happening in the marketing world right now. So hope you get a lot of value from this episode, and you can reach the Gentech team at gentechmarketing.com. That's G-E-N, tech, T-E-C-H, marketing.com. Don't just dismiss social media. Don't dismiss digital ads just because your business was built without it or because you think it's a silly little thing on the side that you don't really need to focus on. Eventually, technology and digital and all these kind of trends always catch up to becoming everyday things for pretty much everybody. The Gentech Podcast, discussing business, investing, and marketing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gentech Podcast, bringing you valuable and inspirational discussion with top business owners. Today we have on Jake Kurtz, CEO of Brick Media and Business in Tampa. We're going to talk to him today about his business, how he uses social media, and a little bit about his background. So Jake, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Appreciate you having me. I know we've been trying to make it happen for a while, so I'm excited to finally be here. Yes, definitely. So first, you know, we'll start off simple. Where are you originally from? So I grew up actually in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I was pretty much there my entire childhood, uh, like eight, seven or eight, up until I graduated college, which was a college in the city of Pittsburgh called Duquesne University. And then I moved down to sunny Tampa in 2013. So coming up on 10 years down here, which is pretty crazy to think about. But Pittsburgh is still like where all my sports teams are that I root for. Like I'm a big Steelers fan. Um, I still root for the lightning a bit hockey wise because I'm not that crazy of a hockey fan in general. So I'm just kind of like happy with Pittsburgh being in it. I'm happy with Tampa being in it, but in general, I still pretty much bleed Pittsburgh, everything. But, um, as far as life and business, I'm pretty much rooted down here in Tampa Bay now. Yeah, that's funny. I was going to say, I thought you were from here just because of like how inverted you are in the Tampa community. But so what, what were your interests? What really brought you into social media? So I never really, I was never one of those people coming out of high school that knew exactly what I wanted to do. I never had parents that were in the business world or that were entrepreneurs or anything like that. So I didn't really have a roadmap to follow that was um, super laid out for me or anything like that. So I just kind of picked business because it sounded like, oh, okay, like if I pick business, I'll eventually figure something out that ends up being interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And marketing was the one thing uh in college that sort of ended up um you know really hitting home with me because of the creativity involved and the digital space was really heavily becoming a thing when i was in college i graduated college in 2013 so that was kind of right when everybody was just getting started with things like google ads and you know every business already had a website of course like that was all pretty established but the foundation of the digital marketing world, I felt like was still kind of being set. And I just thought it was a really interesting opportunity to get into the business world from the digital side. And I, I guess I didn't re even really know that I was super into it or passionate about it until I started doing it. But I guess I kind of lucked out in that sense that I kind of just fell into what I liked um, kind of after college. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it is crazy to think about like, 
you're in high school and that's when you pick your major like going into college and that's what you'll do for the rest of your life but I was kind of the same thing like I chose marketing because I was like I want to be in business and I'm creative so let's see where it goes but you definitely fall in love the more you learn so yeah like I didn't like I didn't have parents that were like you know an engineer so like I was going to be an engineer or <laughs> you know anything like that so for me it was like just kind of sensing what my soft skills were and I was always a little bit creative I was always interested in putting myself out there on online and on social and um, even in my spare time in college like I had a music blog that I started and I was like promoting new songs that were coming out all the time and I grew that on Twitter up to like 10,000 followers and I had a Facebook page for it and even like just realizing those little things that I was doing in my spare time for fun it kind of told me like okay you're you're pretty much meant to be in this field so yeah you were already doing it without knowing mm -hmm. so that's so funny so you come to tampa um what happens next do you start working for another company or you know what brought you into you know finally ending up having brick media yeah so i came down to tampa because a friend from college was already living here and he was pretty much like jake tampa's great like pittsburgh you know you know, Pittsburgh's great, but the weather sucks and Tampa's great. It's sunny all the time and you should come check it out. So I came down here and lived with him for a bit and just kind of got established. And I pretty much just dove directly into the digital marketing world. Like as soon as I got down here, I was just applying for jobs left and right that were digital marketing specialists. Well, you know, pretty much anything that was on Indeed or LinkedIn, I was just applying for it. And I ended up landing in a job where I was pretty much in charge of setting up Google ad campaigns and display ad campaigns and doing a little bit of like SEO and search type of stuff. So I actually got my start in the social media or in the digital marketing world, kind of in the search engine marketing space and just really started learning about uh, digital ads in general. And eventually time, I feel like SEO is like super new. So that is a great place to start. Yeah, it was it was still at a time where you could put like you know, Tampa marketing company on your website and you'd be like number one overnight. <laughs> like it was that easy. Mm -hmm. And um, that was kind of the time frame that I entered the the digital space was like, you know, right around 2013 when everything was a little bit easier and less saturated. But through a bunch of different jobs and things like that, I, I started learning different skills like social media ads, social media, uh, organic content creation, analytics, um, just kept sharpening my paid media skills. And the main trend though that I noticed was every 12 to 18 months, I was looking for a new job. And I was always like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, am I just obsessed with money? And like, I need to always get a raise every year or mm -hmm. do I just get bored at the same company after a while? Or am I not meant to be in marketing? And I'm just like hopping around until I eventually realized that. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't really know what was wrong with what I was doing and why I kept leaving companies. And in my head, I would always justify it and be like, oh, you know, like I'm going to get a higher salary or, you know, maybe I didn't get along with my boss or leadership in the last job. And I was always just kind of like trying to figure out what the reasoning was. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a company where there were a lot of people on staff that were also doing like side stuff outside of work, like freelancing. And I didn't even really realize that freelancing was a big thing in the marketing world until I worked at that company. And it kind of just opened my eyes that, oh, I can make my salary at this job, but then I can go home from six to 10 or six to 12 and 
you know, help a local restaurant or help a local mm-hmm. law firm with their stuff on the side and use the stuff I'm learning in my job to make extra money on the side. And I started to do that and I started to just kind of network a little bit more. I'm sure a lot of people hearing this episode know that if you go on LinkedIn, if you go on Instagram, um, Gentech does a really good job with this too. But like you see my face 24 seven on LinkedIn, on Instagram reels, like everywhere you go, you're seeing me. But I've been doing that since probably 2016, 2017, whenever I had that job where I started to realize that side hustling was a thing. So, you know, obviously to start building my own personal brand and reputation, I start putting content out and just start putting my thoughts on the industry out into different platforms and things like that. But um, that was really the that was really the seed, I guess, of Brick Media was when I realized that there was that you could do more outside of your job. And, you know, once I started doing more and more of that, I started to realize that that's where all my passion and energy was going. And I was just kind of checking the box at my job to make sure that I could get the job done and that I was still worth paying and being there. But it was pretty much like all my real energy and what I enjoyed was happening from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And, you know, it just got to the point where I was already with my fiance, who I'm still with today, and she was working a stable job in the accounting and finance world. And I knew that she was always going to have a job. And I just kept having like bad weeks at my current job that I was at. And just over time, it kept chipping away at me like, man, you need to quit one of these days and just like try it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think after just a few weeks of just like being so drained and lacking the interest and passion to even be at my job, I realized that I was doing nobody any good by being there. So I decided to just kind of take the full leap at once, like even when I didn't have enough money to be paying for my current lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kelly and I were still combined making enough to where we could easily pay our bills and everything was fine. So in my head, I was mentally just like it was around August when I when I quit my job. And I pretty much told myself that if I don't have this brick media thing figured out by the end of the year, so I pretty much gave myself from August to December to figure out mm-hmm. if it was going to work or not. I was like, if this doesn't work out in that time frame, then all I'll do is I'll try to get another job before the new year starts. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know, it was it kind of felt like a win-win because I was like, if it works, then brick media is going to blow up and that'll be my new life. But even if it doesn't work, then the worst case scenario is I get another job somewhere. And I didn't like the current company I was at anyway. So I really didn't see a lose like option in that scenario. So I just kind of took the leap. And then, you know, luckily, Brick Media ended up working out. Yeah, so you definitely took a huge risk with that. I think so many people like the security of working for someone. And that's what really um, keeps a lot of entrepreneurs out from, you know, starting their own business. And what advice would you have to someone who maybe is in the same position as you right now and wants to take that leap and take that risk? Like what skills and what values did you have like to take that? Yeah. So I think, um, there's two parts of it. One part of it would be like actually being logical and practical about it. And like, I'm not saying just quit your job and like starve and don't make any money. I mean, analyze your entire situation. And if you are in a scenario where maybe you're with somebody that's making 60 or 80 grand a year, and if 
your thing doesn't work out, then the worst case scenario is you get another job and you're still going to be fine in that middle time when you're figuring it out. Then maybe you have a little bit more flexibility than somebody that isn't with somebody else, or maybe they're with somebody that isn't working. Um, you kind of just have to analyze your whole situation financially and make sure that, you know, if you give something three to six months, are you going to be okay in that time frame? And, you know, I'm everybody's different, but I'm personally not the guy that's like going to go raise 50 grand from people that I know or take out a bank loan for 30 grand and have to pay it back later. Mm -hmm. I would rather make the money and then, you know, reinvest it back into the company and like live off of the money that I'm actually making. So that was my approach just because there was less people and less risk involved and less of a financial worry tied to it. So that would be my first tip is just kind of make a spreadsheet, do something where you're analyzing your entire financial situation and figuring out if it's the right time to actually take that risk. But the other side of it, once you like, let's say you have the logical part figured out and you're like, okay, like, I think I could actually do this. It's just coming down to coming down to realizing that the worst case scenario is you go get another job somewhere else. And that's not that bad of a thing, especially if you're not happy at your job anyway. So I guess that would be a confidence boost for somebody. Like if you really are miserable and you have a side hustle that you want to be your full thing, then the worst thing that can happen is you leave your job and then you land somewhere else. And <laughs> like maybe your side hustle doesn't work out, but maybe the new company that you get a job at ends up being a slightly better situation. So and I agree. It's it's like either take that calculated risk or, you know, if you're not happy, you're not really losing any ways. You are just changing your path. So once you right. change your path and you started Brick Media, it, I mean, it's extremely hard to start a company. Like, what are the first steps and how did you I know you said you were really good at networking and and ha building your personal brand, which definitely helps. Like they always say that's the biggest thing about building your personal brands like you can now start a bunch of different companies and everyone will know Jake versus, you know, just putting brick media out there. So mm -hmm. how did you, what were your first steps into starting your company? Yep. So um, I would say meeting people and just getting out in the community is the biggest thing that's helped from day one until now uh, sitting down for people with coffee. And, you know, I kind of had this mindset that I was never going to get coffee alone. And I was always going to try to use my network on Instagram and LinkedIn to just always be meeting people in person. So that really helped me because <laughs> in 20, yeah, in 2019, I'm pretty sure I met like 120 to 140 people that I'd never met before in person, just sitting down for coffee. And it wasn't even a salesy approach where I was saying, Hey, let me tell you about brick media and this new thing that I got going on. It was more about just meeting each other and kind of learning about what each other do. And there was no sales pitch attached to it in the end. It was kind of just like, let's network. And like, if something happens, great. If not, great. And through just meeting that many people and um, kind of being strategic about who I reach out to, um, either I would work directly with some of those people. Because a funny thing happens when you don't ask them for the business. Like a lot of the time, they just give you the business. Mm -hmm. um, but even if not, a lot of the time, they would introduce me to like their neighbor that had a company or you know, their friend from college that started a law firm or something. So a lot of the time, things like that would happen where it might not be directly that person, but they would introduce me to somebody in their network. Mm -hmm. But number one was definitely meeting 
as many people as humanly possible and doing it in a genuine way and not in a salesy way where they felt like there was something attached to it on the back end. And then I would say the second thing is like putting content out consistently on social media on every platform that I possibly could and really paying attention to what new trends were emerging because I mean, a lot of people listening to this might not realize this, but um, you guys obviously know, but when there's a new feature or there's a new platform and you get on it early, you can really maximize the reach of each post that you put out. So for example, I was putting out content on LinkedIn when nobody was putting out content on LinkedIn. So whenever everybody would log in, they would only see my content. And my content was put out in a way to where, again, I wasn't trying to sell anything. I was just being helpful. I was just doing stuff like we're doing now, just kind of mm -hmm. shooting the shit, talking about the industry, um, making smart observations and tips for people. And eventually those kind of things, like if you see my face every single time you log into an app where you're looking for business and business opportunities and thinking about how to grow your business, eventually that's going to lead to good things. But it's always for me been about the combination of getting out there in person and then also having a consistent social media presence. Because when you combine those two things, the sky's the limit because somebody's going to see you online and then they're going to see you offline. And if you meet somebody in person for coffee for an hour, and then for the next six weeks after that, they see you every single day on their phone and they can picture meeting with you in person for the first time. That's really going to hit hard for them and they're really going to feel like they know you. And obviously people want to do business with people they like and know. So that's kind of worked out nicely, um, you know, from day one of Brick up until now. And that's my recommendation for anybody starting anything is you need to expand your network and do it both online and offline. Too much of either one isn't a good move because if it's too much on, if it's too much online and not enough in person, you're just going to become that person that everybody sees your content all the time. But it's like, does that person really exist? Like, do they ever go out in person and like actually meet people? And you kind of just become one of those people that there's like a lack of trust because they've never seen you in person. Mm -hmm. But then if you do too much in person and not enough online, you might see somebody at an event or shake their hand and give them a business card but then they're never going to see you again until the next time they see you in person. So you kind of have to have both going at the same time. And that would be my biggest recommendation for somebody just getting started. Yeah, I think that's the perfect recipe to success. So let me just repeat that one, genuinely meeting people in person and two, consistently posting content on social media. So you have that in person and always at the top of mind on their socials too. I think that is so great. And I want to go back to because I think this is like so important right now talking about these updates and like being, you know, on top of these Instagram updates or or new apps. So like you were saying in 2019 was when you were starting like the people who were on TikTok first. Those are all the people who are now content creators and famous and just like Instagram Reels. When Instagram Reels came out, I think a lot of people were like, why is Instagram trying to be TikTok? And, you know, they're kind of brushing off Reels thinking like they would never you know watch them now reels are huge especially for brands and companies and people are now hopping on them but you know think about all the people who were the first on those so would you say like when reels came out you like hopped right on that like i think that is such great advice because instagram now is there's updates every day so right. it's good to stay on top of those 
Yeah, I mean, both us internally and then also with our clients, as soon as something comes out, I'm like, how can we take advantage of this? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, a lot of agencies that are more established and they have bigger, you know, teams and they're a little bit more slow in the way that they work. If you hire an agency like that, you might miss the boat with reels because by the time by the time you actually start doing it, it might already be too late to where it's like old news by then. So yeah. the good thing about companies like Gentech, companies like Brick Media is as soon as something comes out, we're small and agile enough and we know what's going on and we can back it up and we can act quickly. So whenever Instagram Reels came out, like I was posting a reel that day, like just to just to do it myself and test it. And then that week we're doing it for clients and we're basically telling our clients all the time, hey, this is the new thing that's happening right now. We need to take advantage of it early because if we don't, we're going to miss the boat. And if we do, then we're going to reap the rewards of it. So as soon as something comes out, you need to figure out how to fit your brand into it. And I always tell our clients too, because we work with a lot of law firms, insurance agencies, B2B companies that are very corporate. And they almost like throw up in their mouth a little bit when they hear about TikTok and Reels. But I always tell them that you don't have to go on there and dance and like do silly trends. But if you can figure out how to fit your brand into those platforms, then that's what you should do. Because everybody has to remember that, you know, Facebook started out as college kids and now it's grandmothers. <laughs> and, you know, Instagram started off as like a nerdy photographer app and now it's everybody in the world. TikTok started out as 13-year-old girls dancing to music, and now it's everybody and everything. There's finance and all kinds of things going on on TikTok now. So that's important to keep in mind is that these platforms age up over time. They start young. They start with some kind of niche. But then if the platform itself takes off, then everybody's going to eventually be on it. And if you can be one of the early movers in your industry, I mean, I know lawyers that have 2 million TikTok followers that get actual personal injury cases and like real legal cases and make millions of dollars per year off of getting leads from TikTok. And it's just crazy what you can do whenever you just have that awareness built online. But one of the big keys is just being an early mover and not dismissing something just because it's not the most obvious thing at first. Um, and just keeping in mind that time and time again, all these platforms start out as one thing and then they evolve to a broader audience so that's something really important to keep in mind and you don't have to go into it thinking so literally figure out how to put your brand into those situations and not just try to fit the mold of what everybody else is doing i completely agree and with these trends you can really make your industry um and your niche you could fit them to any of the trends and that's why i think it's so great and it's so easy honestly but it did take so many people a lot of time to adjust and start using reels when you know they've been working for a while now and right. as you mentioned linkedin i just wrote a blog recently about the power of linkedin and how I see so many changes. I see people using LinkedIn now as more of Instagram and Facebook and just very more casual, which I love because, you know, everyone always was really scared of LinkedIn and had to make their LinkedIn page for school and stuff and thought it was always very professional. But I think the, like you said, platforms adjust and platforms age and it's aging to be more casual and more just networking and not just all business. So how do you think you've seen it change? Yeah, I mean, pretty much what you just said. I mean, 
I used to view LinkedIn a little bit more professionally where it was like, I'm only going to post my thoughts on marketing on there. Like I never would have dreamt of posting personal content on LinkedIn, but if you go to my LinkedIn right now, and I don't know when this podcast is going to be posted, but if somebody goes to my LinkedIn profile and looks at my recent posts, last night I posted a picture of my dog with a Tampa Bay lightning toy. And the caption was ready for game one. And I tagged the Tampa Bay lightning in it. And that's something that three years ago, I never would have dreamt of posting on LinkedIn. I would have been like, that's, that's way too personal. That's too weird. And I mean, COVID definitely, I feel like accelerated that because everybody got used to seeing people's home life and personal life. And it's got, that made things a little bit more normal to be able to post things like that. But it's just paying attention to kind of the, the vibe when you go into a platform and it's another thing that I always tell people and business owners that I talk to is even if you don't want to post anything on TikTok, even if you don't want to post on reels, even if you are on the opposite end of things, and let's say you're a personal trainer or um, somebody that traditionally posts on Instagram a lot, you might not want to post on LinkedIn right away because you're just like, ew, like, no, that's too professional and too boring for me. At least go on the platforms and like, feel out the vibe for a little bit i always tell people that are in my network like just spend five minutes a day on TikTok, even if you think it's the dumbest thing ever and just like see what people are doing on there because you never know when randomly you're going to log into linkedin and they're going to have their own built-in reels type feature in linkedin and you you're going to know what to do with it more if you've been kind of experiencing reels and TikToks for a while you're not going to be so fresh to it i think that'll honestly be sooner than later i'm actually writing another piece about the creator economy and how all these platforms are fighting for not only our attention but now the creator's attention because they know that users want to see these creators and see content from people that they follow and are inspired by so um, platforms like linkedin are really fighting for the attention of creators right now and adjusting and you know now every platform has a creator fund and are starting to pay them so yeah i think linkedin could end up in the video platform and i'll be excited for it honestly that's one thing that's a really good point because a lot of people just need to use common sense when it comes to social media and just realize that these platforms are businesses they want to make money they want to be profitable they want to be huge and they want to compete with each other and the only thing that they trade on in terms of how they make money is getting people on their platform and they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that we spend time on those platforms so when the, when a company like linkedin sees that billions of people are on tiktok every day they're paying attention to that and they're trying to figure out how can we figure out how to make short you know, interesting, easily to easy to consume videos, a bigger part of our platform. And same thing with Instagram. Like anytime there's a, a new feature that's taking off on another app, you know that Instagram's gonna have their own version of it. They they looked at Snapchat and then they put stories on Instagram. They looked at TikTok, they put reels on Instagram. They realized that people still like to write, so they put guides on Instagram. There's you know, it's crazy how these platforms kind of piggyback off of each other. But I think that's a helpful way to look at the social media world is just to remember that they all want people to use their platform. 
So whenever you can use their platform and you can jump on their new features early, that is showing them like, okay, this person's engaged with what we're trying to do. So in return, we're going to reward them by showing it to more people. So that's why, like on the back end, when you think about these things, um, like when you post reels early, when Instagram first releases it, that's why you're getting more reach is one, because there's not as many people posting them and you're just getting all the eyeballs. And then two, Instagram wants reels to, to work and take off. So they're going to show people that are using reels and they're going to prioritize them in the feed. So just good things to keep in mind, but that was a really good point that you made. Yeah, no, I mean, I love talking about social media. I'll talk about it all day. Obviously me and you both are on social media all the time with our jobs. And, you know, I want to go back to brick media. You guys do a lot of social media management and what skills or what's important lesson you think you've learned over your career with that? Because, you know, everything's changing so much. It's, it really is a hard industry and um, a hard career. But what do you think Brick Media, how do they stand out from their competitors and what do they do the best at? Yeah, so we started out actually as more of a full service digital marketing agency back in 2018. Um, I'm not sure if you knew that or if the Gen Tech people know that, but we started out as just a digital marketing agency. and we were offering a little bit of everything. You know, we would build websites, we would run ads, we would do emails, we would do social media, we would do SEO, we would do blogs. Like it was kind of just whatever you needed, we would figure out how to do it. And as the business evolved and as I sort of analyzed everything at a high level, I realized that social media clients were always our happiest clients. And then I also kind of did a little bit of self-reflection and I realized I've always been a big social media person in terms of putting out content myself and I've always been big on like brand building instead of, you know, lead gen and sales and things like that. It's just not how my brain works. I mean, I know it's super important, but my brain works in more of a long-term type of way. And that was a big learning for us was realizing that if we narrow down to being more of a social media agency versus a digital marketing agency and really narrowing in on that service, then that would actually help us not hurt us. Because especially when I look at the Tampa Bay market in general, there's not really a household name in the area for social media agencies. There's a lot of great marketing agencies. There's a lot of great creative agencies and branding agencies. Um, companies like you guys are crushing the paid ad space and really going hard on lead gen. But I saw an opportunity where the social media space definitely has some decent companies that are like on the come up and there's some larger agencies that have social media as part of like their bigger offering, but there really wasn't a household name that was like, oh yeah, go to social media agency. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm trying to build brick media into is whenever somebody says who does your social media or who do you recommend for social media, I want brick media to just be like the instant thing that pops into people's minds. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we decided to start building our company towards over the past year or two, once we really started to focus and, um, I think that was a big learning because I didn't realize how much that was going to help us and not hurt us. But another thing that I've noticed just in more of the day to day of social media management is that one big learning has been that quantity is just as important as quality, because I don't think a lot of people realize that quality is decided by a couple of random people in a conference room. Like, for example, like I might think, a recording of this zoom is quality content 
where it's like a little bit blurry and like, you know, maybe our heads are stacked on top of each other. Like I might view that as great content, but somebody else might be like, oh man, like that's blurry and like, it's hard to look at. And maybe, maybe they don't think it's quality content, but it's whereas <laughs> exactly. And then at the same time, if I look at something that's like a super highly produced video, that's like crystal clear and it's like awesome music in the background, somebody might be like, oh my God, that's amazing. But I might think it's boring or like not worth watching or like it's too highly produced and like it almost seems like too much of a TV commercial. So as you can see, no matter what the type of content is, whether it's like Steph Curry's head, like superimposed onto some stick figure thing, like whether it's something like that or whether it's like a high quality video, everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. But so that's the quality side of it. But the thing I like about the quantity side of it is when you just put out a lot of content that allows you to figure out what people like. And then once you figure out what people like, then you can do more of that. So over time, your account becomes more quality to the people that actually matter to the people that you want to be looking at your content. And you can only figure that out by putting out a lot of content and analyzing all of them. If you only put out like one post a week, or like two posts a month or something like that, it's going to take you forever to figure out what people like. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to put out garbage content like every day of the week. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not saying just throw up anything on your social media accounts, but be a little bit more lenient on what goes out and what doesn't, especially when it comes to like production quality. I understand that you have to be on brand and you want your brand to all look consistent and things like that. But we've tested hundreds and hundreds of posts every single month for the past couple of years. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but every based on the actual data, the content that does the best is always the cell phone style, the little bit more blurry, the stuff that's more day to day content versus like the perfect video that we spent the whole day filming. Of course, those things have their time and their place. But when it comes to your day to day social media content, I still think people overthink it too much and try to make it like a TV commercial when in reality, you should be thinking more of your social content as the TV show itself and not the TV commercials that everybody wants to forward through anyway. And so, I think Reels like really highlighted that people are, you know, people who own companies are showing their personality like never right. before because of these clips and they're actually like having fun with these trends. And yeah, like you said, having more and you know as long as you're bringing some value you're entertaining you're um engaging you're promoting like some type of value i still just think you're right like the more you put out the better and you will see what works and then you're right you'll refine it as you go yep for me i mean i put out for myself and for brick we put out posts every day but it's not like we're just posting for the sake of posting we're also looking back at what posts did really well and like what people commented on a lot and seemed to like and then you'll notice over time our content gets more and more like the ones that people engage with a lot and we're testing new things so we of course trim out things that people don't seem to react to because we obviously want our content to perform well and get in front of more people so if you put out a lot of content and just are willing to put yourself out there in different ways and test different things like you might want to put out like a like a cartoon or something one day. Like I don't just like draw something on a piece of paper or like have a 
I don't know, like an animator makes something and just make something silly or like, like if you always are posting things that are super high quality, turn your phone around and take like a selfie style video and just like test it, see what happens. You never know what's going to end up being your top performing piece of content unless you try. I think a lot of social media managers really do realize that you spend hours on a video and it'll get like 100 views versus one you take it probably takes you like 30 seconds edit it quick and that one goes viral like no one knows what's going to go viral and you yeah. just have to try i think that's super important one of our clients uh, i won't name the actual name but one of our clients took a picture when he was at one of his team happy hours that they have uh, a couple times a year he literally lifted up his phone during the happy hour took a blurry picture of his team and like half the people weren't even looking and we posted that on his account and said you know team building happy hour at this place like we love getting our team together that got four to five times the amount of reach than videos that we went with a setup to their office with a camera and spent multiple hours and editing and all those kind of things the photo that ended up doing the best was the one that took two seconds and we posted it without any editing so just keep things like that in mind it's always funny to see. What would you say your biggest accomplishment is for Brick Media? Um, they're kind of ongoing over time. I mean, there's not really one that sticks out in my mind, but I think just last week we hit 10 people on the team. And I know that's kind of an arbitrary number. Like, I mean, even for me, like having two or five people was a success mm -hmm. because I don't come from an entrepreneurial background where that's even like normal to do. So you know, I would say having 10 people on the team that are actual employees and not just like freelancers and things like that, that was a big accomplishment for me because it shows me just a little bit more validation that like we're going in the right direction and that like we're making the right decisions and going about things the right way. So that was a big accomplishment. Um, we got nominated for Small Business of the Year through the Tampa Bay Chamber. And um, that was really cool to get that recognition because you know, we're only a few years old and that was just cool to see. And um, there were a lot of other great companies listed next to us. And I just thought that was really humbling um, to see our name there as well. But for me, it's more about just the day to day of little micro wins. Like whenever we get a new client or we do something really good for another client or an existing client, whenever somebody on our team gets promoted or does something really well and the client calls it out and um, you know, seeing people learning and getting better in their careers, whether it's the client or our team, uh, that is always a win for me. But as far as uh, big accomplishments, they're, they're kind of always happening in the day to day, but there's not one that sticks out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, every day should be an accomplishment for you guys. You are such mm -hmm. a good company and I love seeing you guys on social media because I am always active also. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, you guys do a good job at engaging and being supportive. Yeah, I think that's also a huge part of social media, which you guys are also really good at. Um, you know, you can't just be posting all of your stuff. You have to be engaging with your community. And I do want to mention your other company, your other, um, yes, other company, Business in Tampa. Mm -hmm. How do you tie those two companies together? Do you think they help each other being able to spotlight Tampa people and Tampa businesses on Business in Tampa? And then, you know, having Brick Media as that social media agency. Yep. So business in Tampa was really born from the idea that there's so much good stuff going on in Tampa's business community, both with people and companies. 
And there's a lot of companies that are moving from other places to Tampa and just Tampa is growing so much in general. And it's becoming more and more of a, a city where people think of good business and tech and like exciting things going on. So I wanted to find a way to be a part of that in a bigger way. And I felt that starting business in Tampa.com, which at the end of the day, it's a business news outlet where you can find interviews and stories about local business things that are going on and people. So I wanted to be a part of that conversation instead of just kind of being a spectator on the sideline and like watching it all unfold. And I knew in the back of my mind that it would also help Brick Media because if we interview somebody, that will get them into our network in the first place. And then through the amount of content that I put out personally and that Brick Media puts out, people were going to realize eventually that I was you know, part of Brick Media and I was part of Business in Tampa. So the whole idea behind it was if I can get as many people as possible to know who I am and know what I do, then that's only going to help Brick Media in the future. And we've already landed a couple of clients for Brick Media where the first point of contact with them was interviewing them for business in Tampa. And that's not always the goal of a situation like that. But sometimes whenever you're covering somebody and they're doing something cool business related, sometimes they're looking for social media help as well. So we can kind of get people in our network through business in Tampa and just creating value for them by just giving them a free article or like a free news piece or interview on their founder or whatever it may be. And it's all free. Like we don't charge anybody anything for it. And um, that's just, again, it just gets people into our network in a way that's not spammy. And it just causes more people to know who I am, which at the end of the day, whether it's brick media, whether it's like, who knows, like in 10 years, if I want to open like a pet store, like who knows, but the more people that know who you are, the better. So that was kind of my mindset behind it. Yeah, it makes sense. Like you said, the two step, you know, genuinely meeting people in person and, and not being salesy, just to have them in your network. And maybe you can help them, they can help you one day, but just networking and having people know your name and your business. And then, like you said, being consistent on content. So I want right. to kind of transition towards the end of this podcast and just really like focus on social media and just ask like, super general, but what is the importance of social media to you and your business? I mean, it's kind of the lifeblood. Social media is the lifeblood of our business and a lot of businesses these days. I wouldn't say every business because there are plenty of $10 million companies that I know the owner of that don't ever post on social media. But I always tell those people that, you know, unless you're going to be hanging it up in like a year or two and you're going to be retiring and going fishing and golfing for the rest of your life, you're probably going to want to focus on social media a little bit because we've all seen companies that don't adapt to the future, whether it's social media or other trends that have popped up that have been huge companies, you know, the most stable companies you can think of that have ended up going under because a competitor comes in that is really digitally savvy. They are social media savvy and everybody ends up going that direction because people like convenience, people like, when things are easy and when things are kind of modern and innovative. So even if your company doesn't fully rely on social media now, it's still good to get started with it and realize the importance of it because you never know when that competitor or when it's going to be such a big thing that you need to be doing it. 
So you might as well just get ahead of it now and start focusing on it. And at least, like I said earlier, just like going on the platforms for five minutes a day and just like feeling it out and knowing what's happening there. But for us specifically, I mean, since we are a social media agency, social media for us is crucial because I want people to find out about us on social media. Because obviously, if that's our service, I want them to be like, oh, well, you guys pop up 24-7 for for me when I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram and everywhere else. So obviously, you can do that for us, too. So um, I think a lot of marketing companies miss out on that because they post so much about their clients and they post on their clients' profiles a lot, but they never focus on their own enough. And I wanted Brick Media to be a little bit different. And... Um, Again, Gentech does a really good job with this too, but you want to be a marketing agency that walks the talk. Like you're not just saying you can do something, you're actually doing it. And whenever people come to Gentech, when people come to Brick, they've seen Gentech's ads before. They've seen Gentech's social presence before. They've seen your website have good SEO. You know, they've seen they see that Brick Media is every single day posting on social on every platform. They see that the content looks good. They see that we're trying new things. There's video, there's graphics, there's photos. We're really doing everything that we recommend to them. So, I mean, you know this, when there's somebody that you know, even a person, not even a business, that says something and then they don't follow through on it, you're gonna lose trust and you're gonna be like, okay, that person's not living up to what they say and they, you know, they're probably kind of a fake person. And same thing when it comes to a social media management agency. It's like, if we didn't have a social presence, people would be like, how do I have any faith that you could handle our social media? So I'm a big fan of just kind of really being, especially as a marketing agency, if you have a service that you tell people you're the best in the world at, you got to show them that and not just, you know, have it on your website. So that's been a big thing for us. Yeah, I completely agree. That is such a great point. And you're right. I do think that is a miss for a lot of companies. They're not even showing that they can do what they do on their own website and with their own brand, you know, mm -hmm. like the best branding company should have the best branding. So I do think that's so important. And I'm so glad that Gentech and Brick really do hit the nail on the head with that. Um, to leave off, and this will be the last question of the podcast, what's the biggest takeaway that you hope our listeners learn from today's podcast? I mean, I guess if I was really to boil this whole conversation into like one thing, it would probably just be that you need to seize the opportunity that is social media and, and even just like the digital space in general, because even if it's not incredibly relevant for your business today, you never know when it is gonna be. And like I said earlier, using that example of TikTok, you never know when LinkedIn is gonna release their version of TikTok and it's gonna be super important for B2B. And that's happened in the past with social platforms when they you know, rise in age and like they broaden who's using the app every day. I would just say like the biggest, the biggest takeaway would be just don't don't just dismiss social media. Don't dismiss digital ads just because your business was built without it or because you think it's a silly little thing on the side that you don't really need to focus on. Eventually, technology and digital and all these kind of trends always catch up to becoming everyday things for pretty much everybody. 
Um, and again, I'll use that example that my, uh, Facebook started off as college kids. You needed to have like a proof of the college you went to to even sign up for Facebook. And now it's like, you know, my grandma and like my aunt. So <laughs> it's it's always realizing that these things change and what's important today on a certain platform might be different tomorrow. And um, even if you're not going to go hard on it, just staying aware of what's happening and you're going to set yourself up for success in the long run. Thank you. That was the perfect takeaway. I'm just going to go through some really important things that there's a lot of important things said in this podcast, but I'll go through some of the most important ones that I wrote down. So um, just remembering that platforms age and you need to adjust and, you know, be that early mover when there's either a platform that just came out or these updates, you want to be on top of things to stay on these trends. And we talked about the, your personal brand, how important it is to be on the top of mind for everyone. And we talked about also the best way to be at the top of mind is to genuinely meet people and network in person and make genuine relationships and connections with the people around you. And then to be consistent on your socials with this consistent content, because then you will stay at the top of their mind and to also seize every opportunity that you have. And, you know, I think that was the perfect takeaway. And Jake, I want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and where they can find your businesses? Sure. Yeah. And before I do that, I just wanted to plug Gentech real quick, because the same way that we're really narrowing down and being um, going in the direction of becoming the best social media agency in Tampa, I genuinely do think Gentech does an incredible job with uh, the paid advertising and the lead generation types of things. I've sent probably five or 10 referrals to Gentech in the past six months or maybe even a year. And those people always come back saying good things about Gentech. So I would just say if you're looking for lead generation, if you're looking to grow your business, um, I would say Brick Media is more of like a long term brand building type of effort. But if you really want to like aggressively drive revenue, get leads, uh, grow your business more quickly, definitely reach out to Gentech because they do a really good job and they know their stuff. And the same way that we're going heavy on social, I think Gentech is doing the same thing and being smart about um, having their niche be paid media. So um, couldn't recommend Gentech anymore. But, um, but as far as me, you can find Brick Media at brickmediagroup.com. Uh, we're on, if you just search Brick Media on any social platform, we're there. If you search for my name, especially on LinkedIn, you'll see my face every single day when you open your phone. But um, if anybody ever wants to email me or get coffee, you can hit me up at jake at brickmediagroup.com. And um, that's about it. Yes. And remember, guys, never get coffee alone. Forgot to mention that. Love that one. Mm, perfect. <laughs> You can find us at, at Gentech Marketing on any social media platform. So, Jake, thank you so much again, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Brick by Brick podcast. Please leave a review and connect with me directly on social media, and I'll see you guys next time.